Hello, Screeders. Seems like I've kind of fallen into a once a week, if I'm lucky, random Screed and even less of Hobbs and Friends. I think it has something to do with the weather. I can't say that I'm specifically depressed, but uh, I definitely feel tired and uh, overcome uh, with lethargy most of the time. Um, and just maybe uh, apathy. Um, I'm not sure why that is. Uh, recently, Howard Bailiff on his Goblin Cast, Goblin Stomp podcast, mentioned uh, a question of ROI, return on investment, or diminishing returns for gaming. Do you guys think the older you get, the less diminishing return, or the less, the more? <laughs> Is your ROI less than what it should be? So basically, the amount of time, effort, blood, sweat, and tears that you put in, what do you get out? I don't know. I do know today is Monday, June 24th, 2019. I am Jason Hobbs, and this is Random Screed. If he is up or down, his podcast still comes round. Hobbs is in his van. Don't turn off that sad nap, man. Random screed, random screed. Don't know what you get, but it's what you need. Hi, Jace. Regarding the Western lands, yeah, I think it's really a matter of player and GM investment. We've, between us, invested perhaps upwards of 300 hours of our lives into this game. Um... And I don't think that's something that we want to throw away. It's working out okay. Arguably, I could just carry on with basic fantasy, but at the same time, I want to try out some new systems. So I see this as a way to do that. I think your advice about talking with the players and working how to do the the character crossover is obviously sound. It's something I intend to do. And, yeah, we've just got some really nice emergent story that's come out the characters have revealed their backgrounds and built up relationships as we've gone along so too often i think this stuff gets lost thank you so much for calling in colin as almost everyone likely knows that was colin green from spike pit and as he said too often the stuff gets lost Is it better to have played and lost than to never have played at all? Definitely to have played, of course. But I agree with you. Um, I miss the... uh, Maybe I'm bad, but I miss the setting stuff that was created around uh, my own basic fantasy game that was very short-lived but had some really cool plot elements, fun NPC interactions character developments coming out great stuff i mean lost in agata has a lot of great stuff as well but it feels like you know what happens to that stuff that just kind of falls through your finger like sand memories just sifting away blowing in the wind and falling at your feet to be downtrodden and forgotten 
the ashes of dreams and blood. No, sorry, that's something else. Anyway, Colin, I totally agree with you. Have the best of luck possible. Um, yeah, man, I appreciate it. Um, you were the only call in this week, and um, I've just noticed a severe disengagement with podcasts. I mean, I'm not listening to nearly as many, nor am I doing as many. And I'm not sure why that is, but let's talk about it. Status report. Also known as the Vinyl Couch. As I mentioned, I am exhausted I wonder if it has to do with shifting to a plant-based diet or if it's just how off the seasons are. Here in northern Illinois, summer has supposedly started. And back in the day, I remember it was hot and the pool was open finally on Memorial Day. But this year, I mean, it's raining like it's April right now. We're getting April showers. So... I don't know. Maybe it's the environment. I don't know. Or maybe I just don't remember that well. That's possible. Uh, The funny thing is, is I feel disinclined to do much of anything. Panic attacks before games. uh, Doing presentations. Um, I just was elected the president of our business networking international group. And I so want to do a good job of it. I really have reservations about talking in front of people. I feel like I can do it, and I can do it well if I prepare myself properly. And I was hoping by taking this president's position on a weekly basis, I'd have to run the meetings of 30-plus people every week for a year. And I really wanted that to help me get past... You know, my public speaking issues, lethargy, make myself just a better public speaker in general. Uh, There's definitely some trepidation, but I have some good advice and I'm surrounding myself with a wonderful leadership team. And I think that will really help keep me buoyed and grounded because sometimes we need both, right? We don't want to get too high because then when we're too high on ourselves... We don't necessarily do what we need to because we don't think we need it because we're so awesome. Uh, So that's what helps you grounded. But other times, especially when you're bipolar, you you need help when you've fallen too far. You need help to get lifted up and um, back where you belong. So, yeah, buoyed and grounded. That's what uh, you surround yourself with your support group for. And uh, try to be mindful as much as possible for yourself. So, the other thing, I've noticed that even though I want to do absolutely nothing, once I start doing it, I actually enjoy it. Pulling weeds. Hey, this is kind of cool. It's like instant gratification. I pull this weed out here and it looks better immediately. This is awesome. So I can see where Colin's profession uh, could help. I mean, you don't have flowers growing right away, but you can definitely make a difference just by doing some stuff. I don't feel like prepping for my game, but once I start, 
I find it's midnight and I've been making maps and making tokens and writing and doing all this other stuff. It's weird. I, uh, I don't know how to explain it, um, but I think it's something to do with that resistance that you get to actually feeling disinclined or downright almost impossible to start doing something. But once you break through that barrier and start doing it, it certainly has a, uh, a valuable response to me emotionally not always physically because my body feels beat up and tired uh, which like I say it may be still adjusting to a plant based diet but I really don't think so I think it just has more to do with my own mood not exercising not playing any basketball not running not walking not doing anything so yeah anyhow there's a three minute screed on uh, the vinyl couch All right, Screeters. So last episode, I uh, talked about Free RPG Day, and I went and contacted the author of the DCC Starters Packet Free RPGD product, uh, Julian Burnick, Lord Burnick. Got the adventure, read it for a couple days, packed all my stuff up, went to the paper escape, prepared, and uh, no players there was a part of me that was felt good that there were no players because I was nervous but the other part of me was a little disappointed because I think once it got going it would have been a blast to get some players new players into DCC and uh, increase my networks by running a game in a different town basically kind of my brother's hometown um, and a and a book a bookstore an FLGS that uh, I've been going on and off for 30 years, but alas, it was not to be. Fortunately, my cousin Hawk showed up, and we went out to dinner, and uh, that was pretty fun. We talked at length about a lot of stuff, and we always laugh a ton when we get together, so all was not lost. So that was interesting. Um, I'm still playing in Howard Bailiff's Saltmire. I don't know what he calls the game. It's just called First Edition Advanced Dungeons & Dragons game, I think. There's no real title to it. Um, I felt a little bad because I was crazy last game. Like, just maybe a little manic and being excited and making jokes all the time and uh, having a lot of fun. One of the player's characters was uh, killed by an ogre. But, in fact, there was a moment there where my first level fighter thief dwarf reprising the role of the Hoff from Paul Wolf's Philic Isles game sneaks into a cave. He's first level. Sneaks into a cave with uh, his elf buddy Knox and there's two sleeping ogres I never read the Monster Manuals anymore. I know they're probably three or four hit dice creatures. I'm a one hit dice creature. I got a good AC. I got a long sword, which it does D12 against um, 
larger than man sized, they get a plus four AC bonus versus larger than man sized. So I feel like, you know, I got a chance to get away if something bad happens. So I have Knox, you know, booby trap the doorway with some oil prepared to, for flaming, and then I can leap through. Maybe that'll slow them down. But I'm going to try and uh, assassinate slash backstab these ogres while they're sleeping. So, GMs, players, what do you think about the coup de grace? I don't think I really knew what it was until I started playing Pools of Radiance, the old SSI game. And if you were asleep or had a whole person on you and someone attacked you, boom. You were down and dying no matter how many hit points you had. No AC roll, no nothing. And uh, normally, in BX games, if someone puts something to sleep, the wizard, an elf, um, puts uh, you know some monsters to sleep, if someone gets up there, they can kill them. In this game, it wasn't like that. Uh, Howard had us had me like make attack rolls and do damage rolls, but they were like pinpointed. I don't know. I think he was making it up on the fly. I'm I'm curious to know actually. So Howard, call in. Let me know what your thought process was with dealing with uh, sleeping ogres. So the first one was killed, and uh, I really got this feeling. He doesn't allow. He makes you use a dagger to do your backstab, but was it really a backstab? I don't know. It's just like a coup de grace normally for me. But for him, uh, you know, I had plus nine to hit or something. and But I'm still doing damage, and it was triple damage, but it's only a dagger. So your triple damage is still not going to kill an ogre normally. But um, there was definitely the aspect of what exactly are you doing, and I think that had an effect on it. Um, the whole process reminded me of the opening scene from the movie Bone Tomahawk where uh, two murdering thieves uh, had attacked a group of, I don't know, frontiersmen or something. And one was like having trouble sawing through the guy's throat and getting bloody and making a mess of it. And the other guy was really hacking on him. And he was talking about how hard it really is to cut someone's throat. And uh, I don't know, this scene just reminded me of that. Anyway, I got the first ogre, and um, the other ogre was sleeping when I went over there, so normal. Coup de grace rules, I say again, the third time. He would just be dead. But uh, Howard's way, I actually missed and didn't affect him. I felt like I got this impression that my dagger got stuck in maybe a big wart or something as I was trying to, you know, slit his throat along the carotid artery or something. Anyway, ogre gets up, run away, run away. Light the f flames. Uh, he pauses long enough to kill the elf, Knox, uh, with a big old swing. And then um, Hoff ends up eviscerating him with a natural 20, uh, like 24 points of damage with his uh, longsword. So anyway, the real question is, is what do you guys do in that situation? Is it a long, drawn-out scene? Are they just dead, anticlimactic-wise? How, how, how do you guys run it? And uh, tell me about what system it is and what your thoughts are on the best way to go about it either way i thought it was a cool game i felt bad for kind of dominating the uh that session because a lot of it was that whole attack on the ogres so there's another question for you how do you deal with thieves everyone seems to want the thieves to scout but what are the other players and characters doing while the thief is scouting they're just sitting there listening is that fun for them how do you make it fun for them what else do you do uh, I would really like to know.
another gaming act an anecdote for you that comes at you live from Kalmata Live. First of all, the Kalmata Live stream is going to be experiencing problems soon because Hangouts on Air are going to be removed from YouTube. So, yeah, I need some I need some help with some OBS or Twitch training or something so I can keep my live stream going as I really enjoy doing that and I like having that out there. And uh, I think it's important to building a brand today if uh, people want to understand how you run your games and want to talk to you about your games, how are they going to know unless they play in it? Oh, wait, if only we had this technology where we could run our games and record them and people could watch them later. That would be fantastic. So anyway, in the Kalmata game... Uh, there's only three players, which is interesting because more um, loss of interest in stuff that I'm doing. So I would say, you know, less people are listening to Random Screed, less people are listening to Hobbs and Friends. Well, they can't right now. A whole other problem is the Hobbs and Friends website's down, so you can't listen to the podcast. So who knows how many listeners I'll lose because of that. But before I get on a tangent, let's get back to what I was talking about. Um, yeah, I don't know what I was talking about. <laughs> oh, Kalmata. Uh, one of the players commented that the game seems to be getting harder. So here's another question for you, GMs and players. I guess if, you, if you're running a sandbox-style game, do you find yourself almost unconscious, unconsciously increasing the dangers involved depending on how long the game goes on. So we were close to an area. This area had gotten found a while ago, and some of the problems they had, they triggered certain things, and a nine-hit dice Earth Elemental was released. So I could see, you know, nine-hit dice Earth Elemental is pretty tough for a BX group, even if there's a fifth-level wizard, a third- or fourth-level fighter, and another fighter. And, uh, you know, a ton of henchmen, that's still pretty tough, especially after they'd already been beaten up down in a hole fighting uh, a fairly giant skeletal warrior and his skeletal minions. Um, anyway, the real question comes back uh, in a circle here. You know, do you find yourself skyrimming or what was that? Uh, Morrowinding people by increasing the stuff that's around. I didn't think that I did, but then I also realized, I feel like he's right. Aaron's right that the game has gotten a little more difficult, and all I can think of is, is if that is why it would be. Anyway, this has gone on long enough. We've only had one call in, and the episode's still going to be 20 minutes long. So there's a couple questions for you, uh, some stuff for your listening pleasure. Uh, I really feel like the show, this particular episode, has gotten better as it's gone on. I wonder if you can hear the rain in the background. But regardless, let me know what you think. Give me a call in. This is what makes this show fantastic. You guys, it's better to burn out than to fade away.